Welcome to the Ursa Show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today is Daniel Mann from the Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia. He recently published an article entitled Contextualizing the Knowledge Spillover Theory of Entrepreneurship, the Chilean Paradox. He co-authored this paper with Carlos Poblete from the Universidad del Desarrollo Santiago de Chile. This article has been recently published online in Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Tiller and Francis. Daniel, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer? Sure. Um, the motivation for this paper comes from the fact that usually the policies that are related to um, fostering entrepreneurship usually come from countries like the United States or Europe, and not all of them translate so easily to the rest of the world, like uh, third world countries, emerging markets, and, and so on. So um, there's this theory, it's called the Knowledge Spillover Theory of Entrepreneurship, the KST, that's trying to explain how, um, how the entrepreneur is the machine that turns knowledge into growth, endogenous growth in particular. So when I, when I, uh, when I read about this theory, I, I thought, hey, this doesn't work like that in, in my country because I'm from Chile. Um, this idea that innovation is just going to accumulate in a region and entrepreneurs are going to select them and make a new, a new business and then are going to create growth um, doesn't translate so good when you consider that entrepreneurs in third world countries are more related to, I don't know, um, selling food on the street or are more of a necessity focus instead of a, a great idea that they found on their own. So um, I choose to use the example in my, of my country because of my country Chile, because it's um, it it has a, this weird paradox in which it appears very good on on the rankings. It appears to be having really good entrepreneurs, a lot of uh, innovation, innovative activity, but so but uh, nonetheless, there is no growth related to that. So. With that in mind, uh, I decided to use the country as a case study to see what's, what happens when you use, when you try this, um, this knowledge theory in a country that should work, but some, for some reason it doesn't. What are the, the main contribution of your paper? Okay, the main contribution is that um, I'm tasting the knowledge, um, the KST theory in a different setting uh, from what's born. So in order to identify some boundary conditions, so we're trying to see when it, when it works, when it doesn't, what are the, the things that are, are going to stop the, the mechanism to work. And in that, with that in mind, I, I realized that um, it's, first, the theory doesn't work in every single sector of the economy. It's only going to work in sector that depends on, on knowledge. Uh, in previous papers, uh, so one that was from Aldrich that were, he tested in in Germany, another and another uh, that I remember from the United, the United States, the theory worked in almost uh, almost all the all country uh, on all markets. But in my case, I only discovered that um, it works in highly dependent on knowledge sectors. So scientists, uh, R and D. Um, technological businesses and so on. 
even when in the developed countries, the, the theory works also in the information and communication technology sector. In my country, they, it didn't even work uh, very well. So uh, what I'm, I'm leaving as a, as a contribution is that um, if the market conditions are not ideal, then probably only the sectors that uses more knowledge are going to um, having this case the mechanism working. And the second interesting um, contribution that I found is that during my during the sample of years in which they did a study in the middle of the in the middle of the decade, uh, there was a big policy change in which entrepreneurs could create a company in only one day. Uh, before that, they, there was a, a lawyer cost and some time cost related to, I don't know, like a month in, in which you had to wait for the paperwork to go through. Uh, so um, human capital, uh, which it's something really relevant for the theory to work, um, wasn't significant in the model at all before the implementation of this policy and after the policy was implemented then only and only then the human capital start to be relevant to transform ideas into new new businesses so uh, after after and during the the reviewing process of the paper um, there were some other uh, papers for in other journals that were appearing and they came to similar results but in other in another setting so at least i i think that um, i came i came to something interesting that at the same time and other uh, other peoples um so with that in mind um i realized that this theory doesn't work the same in every single country so if you want to use this theory um, you need to be careful with the specific conditions of the country in which it's going to occur. In this case, in particular in Chile, the barriers of entry for entrepreneurs to, to become businesses. What was for you the, the main theoretical and maybe methodological challenge or challenges in addressing such a question? Yeah, the data. Uh, easily the most difficult part was to, uh, working with the data because um, when you get when you go out of Europe and out of the states, the first problem you you come out with is that the the, the data sets are not universal and nor well maintained. So you have to draw the information by hand. For example, the information the um, the expenses in R and D by region was a value that it wasn't available in data sets. I had to draw it by hand from presentation presentation from the government. So. Uh, if you're doing this study in the United States, it's probably going to be in an OECD um, data set and it's going to be able to download it with a Stata or R. You're not going to need to draw it by hand. Uh, and the other, the second problem I had, it was related to the regional spatial effects because the theory says that there sh should be some regional dependency between, between um, regions that are, that are close, uh, close together. So diversity and clustering of information um, are two elements really important re related to the accumulation of and dissemination of knowledge. But in my case, I couldn't find any effect effect related to that. So I had to work a lot um, during the review process trying to fix that. In the end, I didn't come with come up with anything related to that. One of the 
the theories I, I end up with is that um, since my since the data was um, aggregated in regions instead of cities, and uh, in this country in particular, the cities usually capture all the um, knowledge activity of the region. Then, uh, since the capitals of every regional are are far away between each other, then there's no communication. So, no special effects. During your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or maybe the most counterintuitive result? Sure, I found two interesting things. The first surprise was, was that one of the tenets of this theory is that growth it should be endogenous. So, um, entrepreneurs pick the, pick the knowledge, make up a firm, the firm uh, turns into growth, um, they also do R&D, then R&D, he generates knowledge, then more entrepreneurs pick that knowledge, make new, make new businesses, and so on. But in my case, I could not find any endogeneity between the film creation rates and the production of knowledge. So that is counterintuitive, and that um, was the first, uh, the beachhead in order to build the theory that I put in the discussion chapter, when I, I, I found a lot of, um, a lot of uh, other papers when they, they show examples in which um, the scientists and the firms and the entrepreneurs don't have any market incentives to do R&D. Since the market is not going to give them returns to their innovations, then there's no need to do innovations. It's easier to just import something from China or the United States. And the second one was related to the various the barriers of entry to be an entrepreneur, the policy, the, the change of policy. Um, that because as I said before, the, um, see, since sending the paper to the journal and being accepted, I started to found one, two, three papers that were appearing in 2021 and 2022, uh, giving the same importance to human capital as our, our funding. So that gave me some confidence in that uh, my papers was going in the right direction. Maybe a couple of months later, but still in the right direction. What are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, managers, practitioners in general, policymakers? Yeah, um, the main implication uh, is another voice in this big um, rallying cry of uh, policymakers um, that there is no universal policy recipe. You cannot, you cannot just go to Europe, pick a policy, bring it to your country and apply it as is. It's not going to work. And that can be extended not only to the case studies, uh, but to other theories as well, to development centers, industrial parks, um, regional R&D centers. If you put any mechanisms in a region that depends on knowledge, but you're not careful about considering the market conditions for these ideas to later turn into businesses, then you're, you're only going to end with a big white elephant that is um, trying to come up with business ideas, but the business ideas are not going to turn finally into new businesses. They are only going to be papers and reports or just stuff that is going to be accumulated and don't, don't lead into an, to any any productive uh, end. 
with that in mind, I, I found an example from Ecuador that is really famous that they would try to put a, a big research center in the middle of the mountains. They spent like a lot of money, brought the best scientists from from the United States, the best ecosystem entrepreneurial experts, and nothing happened because uh, the entrepreneur doesn't exist in a vacuum. And in this case, the entrepreneur doesn't exist in a jungle. Thanks a lot, Daniel, for participating to our show and presenting your paper entitled Contextualizing the Knowledge Spillover Theory of Entrepreneurship, the Chilean Paradox. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-ird.com and on the main podcast platform. Thank you so much.